message, what a song, what truth in that song, Power of the Cross. Bibles this morning, please, to the Gospel of Mark, the 14th chapter. If you're reading the New Testament with us this year, and I'm grateful that um, some are. I don't know how many I've been asked that question, but I know we have folks reading the New Testament. Uh, You read the passage that we're about to look at this past week. In fact, our assigned reading for this past week fit really nicely with today's service as we come and we... Uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper because we read this past week about the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you'll find your place, 
here in Mark chapter 14, before going to the cross, the Lord instituted the Lord's Supper. And we read about that here in Mark chapter 14, verses 22 through 26. And we want to look at this passage and just spend a few minutes uh, meditating on it, thinking about it. And uh, then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Mark chapter 14. I'll begin reading at verse 22 and read down through verse 26. Mark chapter 14, uh, verse uh, verse 22. The Bible says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, take eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, allow me just to share a few thoughts as we prepare our hearts this morning. As we look at this passage together, it reminds us, first of all, that the Lord's Supper was his idea. The Lord's Supper was his idea. And it's important for us to remember that, beloved. This celebration, this eating of the bread and drinking of the vine is not the idea of man, but the idea of God. At the Passover meal, uh, the Lord Jesus took the bread and the wine and he used it to remind us of what he was going at that time to do for us. We're looking back. Of course, they were on the other side of the cross at this point. But think about all that was going to transpire in his life in just a short time. Judas at this point had gone out to betray him. Judas is no longer at the table with them. In just a short time, he's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried. He's going to be condemned and crucified. He will take upon himself our sin. We sang about that just a few moments ago. Son of God became sin for us. And yet in the midst of all that's about to happen, and he knew it was going to happen... He takes the time to institute something that will help those of us who follow him to remember. I got to thinking about that this past week, beloved, and I thought about this. He knows how forgetful we can be. He knows how forgetful we can be. He knows how distracted we can become in life. And so he gives us an opportunity to return and to think about what he did for us. And what he means to us. Verse 22 says, and as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. One author I read mentioned something. He said that um, this is beautifully outlined in those words. He took, he broke and he gave. That's what Jesus did. He took, he broke and he gave. He took upon himself humanity, took upon himself flesh. Um, He broke the bread just as his body is going to be broken upon the cross. And he gave them the bread just as he gave himself for us. I'm so thankful the Lord gave us this special ordinance to call us back again and again, as often as we do this, to remember him and to remember the price that he paid for us. And so we're reminded here that the Lord's Supper was his idea, but it also reminds us of his sacrificial death for us. Notice the Lord Jesus here. He says to them as he's given them the bread, take eat. This is my body. 
He says to them as he gives them the cup, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Now, sadly, there's much confusion by many people upon the elements. There are those who truly believe that the bread and the wine become the actual body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And nothing could be further from the truth, beloved. The one thing they seem to forget is this. As he's saying these things, he is physically present with them in his body, with its blood, and he's giving them these things. And beloved, they are not the actual body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. These represent Jesus' body. These represent Jesus' blood. They picture it or symbolize his body and blood. And so we remember that we have here the bread. We have here the fruit of the mind. It is not the actual body of Christ. It's not the blood of Christ. It's a reminder. The bread reminding us of his body that's broken. The juice reminding us of the blood that was shed. And then he mentions in verse 24 that this is the blood of the new covenant. What does that mean? The blood of the new covenant. Well, at the time that Jesus is instituting this, beloved, you remember the animal sacrifices are still going on. And they're going on repeatedly over and over and over. And all of that is about to come to an end. Jesus is about to die once for all. I like how Wiersbe said it. The new covenant in his blood would do what the old covenant sacrifices could not do. What's that preacher? They could not take away sin and cleanse the heart and conscience of the believer. Jesus is about to die once for all. To take away our sin. Not just cover it, not just mask it, not just to peace, but to take away our sin. And to cleanse the conscience and the heart of the believer. Now it's interesting when you think about this, as you meditate upon this passage. When you think about the Passover meal. And I've never studied that as much as I looked at it some this past week. It's amazing. You know, I'll just admit to you, I don't know enough about uh, the Jewish um, customs and things as I ought to know. As I look back, it's amazing to study. And you know that one of the elements of the Passover meal, you remember it's, it's celebrating the Passover, the, the death that passed over uh, Egypt as they were going to be delivered. They put the blood upon the doorpost. And so they're celebrating that, remembering God's deliverance and so forth. But one of the important uh, elements of the Passover meal was the roasted lamb. And the interesting thing, beloved, is you notice that Jesus does not mention the lamb as he's talking. He takes the bread. He takes the wine that would have been at the the meal as well. But he doesn't mention the lamb. Why doesn't he mention the lamb? Where's the lamb? The lamb is standing in front of them, giving them the bread and the wine. The lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who's going to die in their place. He's speaking with them, the Lamb of God. The Bible says the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And each time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're reminded of the price that he paid. We're reminded of his sacrificial death. We're reminded here that this is his idea. And it brings us together. It brings us together as a body of believers in humility. It brings us together as a body of believers in, in unity and also gratitude. And thankfulness with the Lord Jesus. But there's one more thing as I was meditating on this. I'd like to share before we celebrate together. And that is this reminds us that there is more to come. It reminds us that there is more to come. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, look back at verse 25. 
The Lord Jesus says very clearly, Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine. By the way, there's another uh, uh, proof that it was not his actual blood. It was the fruit of the vine. I'll no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus is about to die. But that's not the end. He will drink of the fruit of the vine in the kingdom of God. We oftentimes read 1 Corinthians 11. 23 through 26. Let me read that to you. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. How's it end? Till he comes. He says, listen, I'm not going to drink of the fruit of the vine again until I drink it in the kingdom of God. I'm about to die. I'm about to be crucified and buried. But that's not the end. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to reign in the kingdom of God till he comes. In a real sense, the Lord's Supper looks back and we think about the cross, but it also looks forward because it's not the end. We're looking for the Lord to return again. And also it's a blessing to us here in the present as we look back and we look forward and we are blessed here in the present. In a real sense, the past, present and future are all wrapped up in this ordinance. Take heart, beloved child of God. While things may look awful all around us, he is coming again. Which brings us to the final thought. And that is verse 26 of Mark 14. It says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, the scholars tell us that at the Passover, they would have sung a portion from the Psalms. And the final psalm that they probably sang there together would have been Psalm 118. Now, stop for a moment. Imagine Jesus Christ is headed out. He's going to be betrayed. Judas is taking care of that right now, making the arrangements. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried and beaten and mocked, humiliated. He's going to go to a cross. He's going to die, not only suffering physically, but God is going to take upon himself our sin. And yet, where do we find what do we find him doing here? We find him singing. We find him singing. And I'd like to read that psalm this morning as we prepare our hearts. And beloved, as I read Psalm 118, think about this. This is the word of God that was sung by the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of God that was sung by the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here are the words that he would have sang. Obviously, we're reading them in English. But here they are. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. 
All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song. And he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does violently. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does violently. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he's not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone. Watch this now. Think about this. He's going to the cross. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. Boy, that gives a new meaning to that verse, doesn't it? To think about the Lord Jesus singing these words. He's about to go to the cross. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord and he's given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Amen. The scripture instructs us to examine ourselves. To make ourselves ready for this most holy ordinance, this time. This is for believers only. If you're not a child of God, do not take the bread. Do not drink the juice. Uh, that's not just my instruction. That's based upon the word of God. Parents, please give instruction to your children. But I want us to spend a few moments this morning in confession. None of us within ourselves are worthy to come only a we're only worthy in Christ. And so we want to come with clean hands and a pure heart. And so I want to give you a moment or two to confess and make sure and get right and be ready to celebrate as we remember the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to give you time to personally do that. And then I'm going to pray a corporate prayer of confession. And then we're going to pray together and then we'll eat the bread and the juice. Take a moment, would you? And pray where you are. And prepare your heart to receive the Lord's Supper. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this special time. We thank you for your wondrous grace and love. Lord Jesus, we thank you for bearing our sin in your body on the cross. May your cross be to us the tree that sweetens every bitterness in our lives. 
the rod that blossoms with hope and beauty, the vine that connects us to you, the only source of all of our strength. We have died with you, have risen with you, and are now seated with you in heavenly places. Yet we find that sin continues to have great power over us in our daily lives. Selfishness is in the very fabric of our flesh. And we struggle, Lord, to choose love for others over pleasing ourselves. When we do manage to serve others, we often take pride in our own good conduct. Father, forgive us for the self-gratifying and self-exalting lives which we lead. Jesus, thank you for giving up the glory of heaven to please your Father and to rescue us. You denied yourself the adoration you deserved to enter a world full of people who would reject you. You willingly carried the enormous burden of our sinfulness and carried it throughout your life. You lived a life of self-denial and sacrificial love for others, always obeying your Father. We thank you for your radiant robe of righteousness that replaces the filthy and shredded rags of our attempts to do good. You took our sin to the cross and paid the full price we owed so that we could be free from bondage to sin and death and from our relentless self-worship. And we're so thankful for this immeasurable gift. Holy Spirit, we've been given a cross to carry before we wear the crown. We confess that self-love causes us to approach that cross and human reason leads us to run from it. Remind us that Jesus has carried the cross already for us and he will surely carry it with us from day to day. Increase our joy in the cross of Christ and our wonder and admiration for all that was accomplished there until our hearts melt and our self-worship gives way to delight in our salvation. As true worship fills our souls, May we grow into people who swiftly turn away from our own desires to love others as we have been so greatly loved. We pray this in the name of our glorious Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now before we receive the Lord's Supper together, would you pray with me the prayer the Lord instructed us to pray? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Thank you.